Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Championship week is here on Fantasy Sports Today. Joe Pizapia and Craig Mish recapping Monday Night Football and your first look ahead to the weekend. Fantasy Sports Today starts now. Fantasy Sports Today. And welcome in. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show. It's Tuesday, December 17, 2019. At Craig Mish on Twitter, at Joe Pizzapia17. Sean Guastamacchia is producing the show as we are getting ready for a huge weekend in fantasy football. For those of you who made it to the championship after last night, congratulations. Get ready because three games on Saturday, games on Sunday, Monday night. And, uh, and Joe, uh, I, I guess it's pretty easy to see as to what happened if you let your semifinal game go down to Monday Night Football last night. Pretty evident. If, yeah. you were, if you had Drew Brees and Michael Thomas and you were down or you were close or you were up, you're a champion today. And if you were counting on anything from the Indianapolis Colts, you're going home for the football <laughs> postseason. That's, that was pretty much the story. Yeah, pretty much. That was the story. Uh, Brissett did not play well in that game. He overthrew a lot of guys and just didn't look sharp. He just didn't seem like, uh, I don't know, maybe just out of flow, maybe just the building, maybe his nerves, maybe it's just the end of the season kind of creeping up on everybody, but it was not a good effort from him, even though they had T.Y. Hilton back. And his QB rating with and without T.Y. Hilton is stark, and it's something everybody should pay attention to going into next year, making sure if T.Y. is there or if they add some more pieces that Brissett's value in the second quarterback league is really tied into the weapons around him. And if they continue to surround him with good weapons like T.Y. and a healthy Marlon Mack, then you're probably in a good shape with him as a QB2 or at least a floater guy, depending on the depth of your league. But it was all about Drew Brees last night. 29 to 30, 307, four touchdowns, and goes to number one on the all-time passing touchdowns list. An incredible longevity of career, an incredible run for a guy who was undersized, who people thought wouldn't merely make it in the NFL. Uh, I remember when I was actually really hot in the college football I used to love to watch him play at Purdue. He would grow up in that shotgun and he would have five wide receivers and he was just slinging the ball over to place. And I like to think it was, man, this guy's gonna be so much fun when he gets in the NFL. And he's been absolutely that. And Michael Thomas too, 12 for 128 and a touchdown. It's funny, Craig, when you watch these games, it seems like every defense should just pretty much try to double team him, figures out something because anytime you play zone against Michael Thomas, he just runs that route, sits into that little soft area in between everybody and just catches footballs all day. You would think, with all these yards and all these catches that somebody would try to double him or do something to stop Michael Thomas. Yeah, I, I think that going into 2020, he's probably the safest first-round pick of anybody in the draft. Yeah, I, I mean, agree. Yeah, I, I don't think that Michael Thomas is going to win you leagues, but he is going to score a touchdown almost every week. He's going to have eight catches for 95, 100 yards almost every week, and it's like you can't go wrong. And and if and look, everyone's going to covet the running backs next season for sure. Um, look, McCaffrey is going to be the number one overall pick in the draft, as he should be. Uh, I mean, regardless of who comes in to coach, I would think someone is going to scale him back a little bit, even 5% or 10%. They, they're going to have to to keep this guy alive 
But uh, after Drew Brees, like you, I'm sorry, after a McCaffrey, you really can make the case that hey. if you don't know what to do, just take Michael Thomas. And even if in the first pick overall, if you don't know what to do, <laughs> just take Michael Thomas. You're probably going to be OK. Well, I actually I'm very much for it. And I know when we did the first round a couple of weeks ago, uh, you had cook it three Thomas uh, cook it to Thomas at three and I had it inverted. And the argument I'm making is. If you take Michael Thomas with a two or even number one overall pick, if you're just really worried about the workload of Christian McCaffrey, that is fair. If you're worried about what's the new offense going to be, they can ease up on him. That's fair. You can have trepidation about that. I think you know exactly what you're getting on a week-to-week basis with Michael Thomas. And I think what it allows you to do is double up on running back, which I think is in a lot of ways a, a nicer strategy because then you've got a situation at full point PPR where you always have more of these running backs that become relevant, whether it be the Austin Ecklers and James Whites of the world who actually show up and catch a lot of passes every year. Uh, if you went to war with Michael Thomas next year and then came away in the in the second round with, I'm trying to think like those guys are on the bubble, let's say a Josh Jacobs and maybe a bounce back Le'Veon Bell somewhere. I mean, there's, there's options there. Maybe uh, you go young there with Maybe you'll get like a Chris Carson and a Josh Jacobs, or maybe you get uh, Kenyon Drake ends up somewhere decent. And you really like him. I don't. All I'm saying is, I think going with the one wide receiver at the top and then the two running backs, that's a heck of a start to a team. I think, Craig. Yeah, I mean, it could be. I, I still think Cook will be two overall, but but I definitely could make the case for uh, for Thomas one over overall. It just depends on like if you're playing in the NFFC, it's probably uh, going to be a running back. But if you play, you know, where you can make all kinds of moves and trades and everything else, it may not be a bad idea to go with Thomas. It's more of a risk versus reward type thing. And in terms of the Saints, Joe, I mean, look, they I mean, they have me sold on getting probably to the NFC championship. Like they're going to win a few games. But, you know, I'm going into the playoffs. You're not really sure knowing anything about anybody. It's I mean, I feel like the Ravens are, are far and away the best team. They've played the best all season long. I mean, they're going to have home field advantage. They got the best player in Lamar Jackson. But look, I could see the Saints going to the Super Bowl. I could see the Saints getting knocked out in the first round. It's so bizarre. Yeah. The NFC. Isn't that everybody in the NFC, though, to a certain extent? Can't you see that? Yeah. I feel like yeah. that's kind of the Seahawks week to week. That's been the 49ers of late down the stretch. I'll say this. You know, the, the Saints have, I think, the best overall package to offer you in terms of if you're wagering who's going to make it to the uh, Super Bowl from the NFC. The Saints, to me, were the number one NFC team. And then the last couple of weeks, I got a little worried about that statement. I've been very worried about it. Now, beating the Colts doesn't make me feel all warm and fuzzy. It was nice to have a very commanding victory. That game was pretty much done at halftime. But, man, I it's it's I think a lot of it's going to come to who's playing where. And when everything shakes out with all these seeds, and I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit tomorrow, but I think a lot of it's going to come down to that. If, if, you, if I told you that the Saints ended up playing every game in the playoffs in their building. No, it wouldn't I, matter. I, no, San Francisco went in matter. and beat them. No, I, I don't I don't think that that's it. It's if will their defense show up? And if that's they true. if they play against a team that has some offensive weapons, I mean the thing is is that in all likelihood, if I had to guess, and this kind of speaks to what happened with the Saints and Vikings a couple of years ago. And by the way, with the Saints and Rams, was it last year? Yeah, it's the same thing every Saints year. Rams, Saints. Yeah. And Saints and Vikings two years ago where Diggs where the guy went low, Diggs went high, yep. scored a touchdown. Uh, it's going to come down to the Saints, whether they get to the Super Bowl or not, in the last minute of some game in the NFC Championship, can they stop a, a team? Or can and they've had injury. Like, Kiko Alonso is out, and I, I know they've missed him over there. They had some injuries also in the secondary, and they added Kiko, I mean, excuse me, they added uh, Janoris Jenkins, who got let by go by the Giants last week. I don't know how much he's going to help, but it's another veteran guy. Eli Apple has not played well uh, this year. I mean, Lattimore, as good as Lattimore's been, I think is as bad as Eli Apple's been. And I think that's how you attack that defense. You go whoever, if you have more than one wide receiver that you could throw the ball to, I think that's why the Colts struggled. And I think that's why San Francisco excelled because they have confidence in their tight end 
and they have confidence in Debo and they have confidence in Emmanuel Sanders. So having multiple guys instead of just the one dude, I think that really goes against the Saints strength. And now Seattle looks like they're going to be down another wide receiver. So we'll see what happens here. But it's going to be a fun playoff race because I do believe these NFC teams are very close. And I agree with you 100 percent that Baltimore is the class of the NFL right now. And I think the only team or should I say the team that has the best chance of beating them is actually the Chiefs because Mahomes can make magical things happen. He is such an incredible talent. And I think if you get into a score fest with him, he has a puncher's chance. Super Bowl also wacky things happen. You don't necessarily know. But yeah, I do think um, I, I, I feel like the Saints season is going to play out like the way that the last two have where we'll be in a game. It'll there be Man, two minutes. There'll be two minutes left. The score will be tied. You know, like it always is. And then something happens and will and it'll either be good or it'll be bad for the Saints. But they don't, you know, they don't really put a lot of teams away if they're always like in all these games because their defense hasn't played great. They give up big plays more than that's, you know, it's funny. You look at the way that happens too. it's always big plays. And that's been the thing. It was that game against the Rams, even in the regular season last year, which was a really fun game, but big play after big play. And every time, you know, the Saints would come back and answer. They give up another big play, and you just can't do that. You just can't. It just they takes not, the air they out didn't of the play well against Carolina a couple of weeks ago. They gave no. thirty-one points to them, and that was you know, with with Kyle Allen not playing well. They still gave up a ton of points. So some team is going to get hot here. <laughs> well, I, mean, who, I don't. Yeah, no, maybe I don't know so. who it is, but somebody's going to get hot. Maybe it is the Saints. We'll find out. Maybe, maybe. I mean, they'll they'll go far. It's just a matter of do they get all the way. I think is the question. All right, the opening drive is coming up next. You're listening to Fantasy Sports today. Craig and Joe with you. Don't go away. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Still wide open tailback. I call it Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizapia. Fantasy Sports Today presents First Play from Scrimmage. The opening drive. The first play of the game. From the opening play and all the way for a touchdown. And welcome back. This is the opening drive on Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Joe Pizapia with you here on the show. We're going to dive into a little baseball coming up soon. We had some signings actually uh, last night to get to, so we'll talk about that as well. But we start off with some football, and yeah, I mean, it's it's the story that just it pops up every year pretty much, I feel like. And you know, people are saying this is the end, but I don't know if it really is because it's never really the end with this guy. But uh, Josh Gordon suspended again for both PED and substance abuse use. Uh, look, it's Josh Gordon. Joe has a sickness. There's no question about that at this point. Uh, you know, Patriots got out from under this early mm-hmm. on. I don't know that it, you know they they kind of do need him, but you know, obviously they. Well, that something. tells you a lot, right? When we all look at each other, why are they letting go of Josh Gordon? Yeah, yeah they obviously what, knew something was. They happening. knew they knew so. something was up. Where they had rumblings, or they talked to him and said, "Listen." You need to get yourself straight. Whatever it was, something came back. It wasn't about the rehab. Everybody was saying, oh, it's it's this or that. Mm-mm. When a team needs something and lets a guy go at a need position, there's something up. And look, they gave him a second chance, too. And it just, it's sad. You're right. I mean, he. I hope he gets help. I hope he gets right. Marijuana is one thing. 
PDs and all the other things. It's another. It just seems like he has so many issues that he just needs to take care of. But I think you would say he's done now, right? I mean, this is it. That was like, I don't know. I, I never say it's it with him because I XFL? thought last time was it. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe. I mean, that's not, that's not total. I wouldn't rule that out completely, but. Uh, you know, look, the problem is, is that it's not that, well, look, the abuse is the big problem, but he's also getting older now. So it's a little different when he was 26 uh, or 25. Now he's getting to the point where, you know, missing another year, you know, coming back in two years, he's, he already doesn't look like the same guy. He kind of looks like a tight end now. He doesn't look like a receiver anymore. But he did have uh, a big catch on Sunday, though. He did. He did. He did have one <laughs> I mean, big catch. Actually, these moments where you go, wow. And you remember, you know, that the heyday was at 2015, the, the one big I year. I had him that year at the end of the year, rode him all the way to the He was incredible to watch. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he was he was blowing guys away, blowing past corners, making great catches. With no quarterback. No. Well, it was Hoyer, right? Wasn't it Hoyer there? Whoever it was, it was not a good quarterback. I think it was Hoyer, which is funny. We always say that. And then DeAndre Hopkins had really good years with Hoyer. And everyone wants to crap on Brian Hoyer. But you know what? Hoyer was okay. He's better than a lot of other backups out there in the league. I can tell Maybe. you that much. Well, he came in this year. Didn't look so good. No, he did not. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, look, Seattle will be fine. They won't miss it. By the way, Gordon threw an interception. I don't know if you saw that last week, too. But um, yeah, so a sad story coming to an end for sure. And fantasy unfulfilled, no doubt. Uh, Dion Waiters, speaking of which, on second down was on a plane took a uh, gummy that had uh, you know cannabis or whatever it was and uh, freaked out a little bit uh, mentally physically uh, was suspended for that the heat Miami heat suspended him again Joe and this time they suspended him because he called out sick and then posted a photo of him on a boat and um, <laughs> and look waiters is making so much money they can keep suspending him I think he's making like 15 million or 17 million they can keep suspending him and what's funny is here in South Florida, Heat fans are like, why doesn't he just give his money up so he can go play somewhere else? And like, that's like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, Deion Waiters is going to just keep saying, suspend me as much as you want, and I'll keep cashing my checks. And it's kind of sad because the Heat's been like the best team in the Eastern Conference this year. And if Waiters had his act together, he could be a contributor to that team. And I don't think we see him on the court with the Heat at all. It's it's always astounding to me. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's always a more complicated issue, but it's always astounding to me. Every, you know, you've been around sports your whole life. So have I. How difficult it is to make it in professional sports. It goes with Gordon. It goes with the situation with Dion Waiter. It's very difficult. It's hours and years and of just training and playing and going from practice to practice and performance and this and injuries and all the work you have to do to get to this spot. And then when you finally get there, I, maybe, maybe it's just a matter of maybe it's not their dream after all. Maybe it's just something that it becomes their identity and then they just don't want to do it anymore but they're good at it so they keep doing it but they really not their heart's not in it and they're unhappy I, I don't know what it is but it's it's this bigger issue with some of these guys and meanwhile you know because you see those those shows about those undrafted free agents on nfl network and those other guys who are you know playing in the you know the d league who just are dying to get a shot at the nba or dying to get a shot in the nfl and other guys who have that opportunity just blowing it and wasting it it just it blows my mind how much work you will do to get to a place and yeah i guess you get paid so i guess that's part of it but Oh man, I just, I just like, what was all those years of hard work for? Yeah, it's it's a shame. And by the way, he worked really hard this off season to get in shape. He was posting all kinds of pictures of him, uh, you know, slimming down. And uh, look, I, I just the Heat's not going to bring this guy into the mix when they're twenty games over five hundred, and this guy's a distraction. But they can't cut him. I mean, they why is everybody on a boat too? That's yeah, always my point. That is weird. That is. Did everyone just watch Step Brothers one too many times and just feels like, yep, that's it. That's the way to go. I guess so. so. Not the sharpest guy, that's for sure. Nope. Uh, okay, so uh, here's third down. Urban Meyer shows up to watch the Redskins and Eagles over the weekend. Mm. And a lot of people thought he was there to see Dwayne Haskins, his former quarterback at Ohio State. But Terry McLaurin, after the game, was the one that said that he was the one that invited Urban Meyer to see the game, of course, because he played at Ohio State as well. 
Uh, Meyer after the game also said that he knew that this that after the game that people would ask would it be you know that he's going to the Redskins and he basically said look it has absolutely nothing to do with that now uh, Joe it's interesting because USC has decided to uh, retain Clay Helton USC finished the season very strong I believe winning five out of their last six games they're going to give him another mm-hmm. opportunity and as you know Urban Meyer has his opportunity to coach wherever he wants to any open spot but he's already let the the uh, spots in the SEC go by which is Mississippi. And um, and he's not going to coach at Arkansas, Missouri. So I mean, Urban Meyer is a is a coach that waits for the top job in all of college, or maybe even a pro job. But it looks like we're leaning toward Meyer not coaching again. Really enjoying the media stuff, but he certainly will have his pick of wherever he wants to go if he decides he wants to go back. Joe. Well, how long was he coaching? Thirty years, probably. What all said and done, something close to that, right? I mean, forever. He coached at uh, Utah. Assistant in his twenties. No, but I'm saying like just in his life, like probably since out of college, practically, right? Like he was probably an assistant, like all these other guys, and working their way up. You know, at this point, if he enjoys the lifestyle of you know doing broadcast stuff and making appearances, I wouldn't blame him, man. College coaching is tough. The recruitment process, all those things. Not that pros isn't, but the pressure of college is just ridiculously tough. I think, and and I'll tell you what. I mean, understanding the fact that he's got some of the guys that he's familiar with in a place already. I can understand people putting those puzzles together and, you know, those pieces and making a, a picture out of it. I get it. But if you're Urban Meyer, you want to work for Snyder? Like, I mean, I, I don't know if anybody can save the Redskins. I kind of sit there and you wonder and you think about some of the great coaches. I, if they were able to hire a John Harbaugh or they were able to hire a Sean Payton or, you know, somebody like that at some point. I mean, is anyone capable of saving this franchise? Hey, look, Schottenheimer was a good coach that went there and failed. Shanahan was a good coach that went there and failed. Well, he succeeded a little bit. They did make the playoffs with Shanahan. And then the RG3 saga happened, and then that all dis- oh, yeah. know, disintegrated. Yeah. So he did make the playoffs. I mean, that's not very often that happens, but they were in a playoff game with RG3. And then everything I, I, think was it was, I think Meyer should just wait for the best college gig to come up. I, what I, might that be? Because you're Mr. College Football. Do you have an idea of where that could be potentially? Um, trying to think of the Would he want to be in the SEC? Of or course. is it better for him to? No, I don't know. well, he wants to be at the top place possible. I mean, he went from Florida to Ohio State. Like Ohio State is the pinnacle, right? But I'm just saying that a lot. That's not a there. different conference. That's why I'm asking. Like I'm wondering. No, wherever if, the wherever the top. Look, uh, Dabo Sweeney isn't leaving Clemson anytime soon. No, God no. And he can't go LSU back. LSU coaches not going to Ohio State. Right. LSU is not. Alabama's not. You know, um, Penn State. Penn State. I mean, they just ex- extended him too, Franklin. So no, I, I don't. I don't. I mean, nothing comes to my USC was the one because that that's like a school that could go to prominence. Notre Dame for sure, no doubt about that. Notre well, that's Dame. interesting. Notre Dame would be interesting. I mean, yeah, but you know, Brian Kelly's like kind of. I mean, they're they're good every year. They're they yeah, like Kelly's done a good job there. He's made yeah, their they're winning team. ten games. They go to big bowl games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, USC was was really. Um, Can't imagine going to a school like Notre Dame though, just because of you know, much harder to bend the rules at Notre Dame than other places, which is why. He was there. He was there. He was at Notre Dame. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying when was that? That was. What year was that? He was there. He was an assistant coach. Right. Assistant. But I'm just, he he knows. (laughs) So he knows. (laughs) He knows it's harder. Um, You know, the standards. But that would be, but that would be his prime gig. I think that, that, that one to me is, is the most realistic of all the other ones. Cause all it would require would be Kelly having one or two bad years. He should sit out. He should probably sit out and wait and, and see what happens. Uh, you know, next year. Uh, Florida State, by the way, he wasn't interested in at all. Uh, and then finally on fourth down, uh, Star Wars uh, spoilers in Germany. They're saying that if you deliver Star Wars spoilers to Burger King, they give you a free Whopper. Is that worth it, Joe? Deliver Star Wars spoilers? What do you mean? Explain this to me. Like you go in there and you go order and you say, give me a side of fries. And, and, you, uh, say, and you tell them what's and- going to happen in the movie. And then they give you, I saw the movie and here's what happened. And then they give you a free Whopper. Yeah. 
Why? Why would why why would they want to do that? Just listen. This is why I included it in the show. One of the more bizarre I know, but I, I can't understand this. Like, I, if you came in and spoiled it for me, I would I would tell you to get out of my Burger King. They want the spoilers. They do. Have I, you bought I, your I, tickets for that, by the way? No, no, I don't like to go the opening week. It's it's too crazy around the holidays and all that stuff. I go the I go after Christmas where it dies down a little bit. Are you going? You're not going this weekend with all that football on? No way. It's not open this weekend. Is it? It's on Friday night. Oh, it's this Friday? Yeah, that's what I mean. They always do this. They do this like the Friday before Christmas, and it's just like, you know, I just can't. You know, you got two kids, you got a million jobs, you got all this stuff going, I got a book coming oh, out in a couple I, weeks. I don't have um, tickets, but I'm going to have to, I mean, my my wife is going away this weekend. I don't know if I'm going to be able to see it, but um, she's I'll taking see the children with her. That no, is the question. Well, my son is staying, and my daughter's going with her to New York for a trip, so. Now, has your son I'll, seen I'll the Star Wars it. movies? I don't think he could do this. I don't think so. But has he seen the Star Wars movies? We started a little bit, but he, we didn't make it through. <laughs> yeah, we have to go back and watch it. All right, that's the opening drive. We'll be back with some baseball talk. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS line combinations and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you're playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, You're doing it wrong. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com is where millionaires are made. Welcome back to the show. Craig and Joe with you here on the program. And we probably, we're going to do some hot stove uh, stock up, stock down based on trades, based on movement. And hopefully we're able to cover everything here. If not, we'll continue on next segment or maybe even tomorrow. Uh, But first, we did have a couple of pieces of news yesterday in fantasy. Uh, Avisel Garcia signs a two-year deal with the Milwaukee Brewers. Now, Joe, they have uh, Christian Yelich, and they have Lorenzo Cain in the outfield. They also have Ryan Braun. So the thought process here is that Braun, for both fantasy and reality, is going to give you some outfield first base eligibility. Braun's going to move to first. And uh, Garcia moves to the outfield. And, Joe, for the Brewers, this is – I mean, they won't characterize this as a desperate move, but make no mistake about it. It is. They've lost a lot of offense this offseason. And specifically losing Grandal and uh, and some other pieces, Grisham they traded. So uh, you know Garcia's a nice, I, I guess, filler for a couple of years until they decide what to do uh, permanently there. He's coming off a great year without a doubt, and I know a lot of other teams were in on him. But two years and twenty million seems fair for the kind of numbers that he had there, and he's going to a good division to hit in as well. Yeah, much better ballpark factor at home for sure, especially for power. So that's a big positive. And look, Avisel. You know, the recent version of Avisel has been very good. I know 2018, he had some injuries and whatnot, but you go back and look at that 2017 season where he was 330 with a 380 OBP. That, that's a hell of a season there. And look, is he going to be a 30 home run guy? Probably not. But if he can get into that 20s range instead of just kind of maxing out at 20, 
I think that's a very exciting possibility there. Uh, if playing time is going to be something he sees a ton of, I think that's very exciting too, because sometimes you and I both know the Rays like to play rotations and the Rays like to play lefties and righties and platoons and this guy and that guy and this guy versus that guy at this time of day and all that crap. But at 28 years old, you're getting a guy in his peak. You're getting a guy who has opportunities here to, I think, impact this lineup. And uh, personally, I think it's a really nice little signing. It doesn't cost him a lot of money. It helps out a little bit, fill the void. And I don't think he's going to have the power that Moustakas is going to have, but he's going to have a better OBP and probably some better batting average. So I think it might be just a different way for the Brewers to uh, make some offense there. And I don't know if the Brewers are done yet. I think they got another move in them, too. Yeah, hopefully so. I mean, tough to lose Grandal and Moustakas. And, and well, they signed Lindblom, too, last week. I don't know if you caught that. Uh, I know that's kind of one of those moves that went under the radar, but that was a guy who... Their offense is what I'm talking No, about. I'm just saying, like, I, I, they're doing a lot of kind of under the radar stuff. Maybe that's where they are financially, but Lindblom had a phenomenal season in Korea. Does that translate? I don't know, but it's one of those things to keep an eye on in those deeper leagues or best ball leagues where you throw a, a, a dollar, you, you know, throw a last round pick on a guy like that. And if he ends up being good, you know, Mikolas was good that first year. Um, you know, you can certainly look to some of those guys who have left, had success in other leagues and come back and been okay. That's another guy. So I think the Brewers are, you know, they're doing work. They're getting it done. Yeah, I mean, Merrill Kelly was pretty good at the end last year for Arizona. I think he came over. Um, for yeah, being that's another one. Yep. Um, uh, Sergio Romo re-signs with the Twins. Now, I don't know that he'd be the primary closer with the Twins this year. Of course, they have Rodgers, and they have some other pieces there, Joe, for Minnesota. But um, I guess in an AL-only league, you're probably going to have to spend a few bucks to speculate there on Romo because he can pitch the ninth. Of course, he pitched the ninth with Miami, went to Minnesota, was more of the eighth guy, but did close some games too. Uh, one year, five million for him, and uh, mixed league probably left at the end of a, of, a, of a draft. But um, you know, it's worth investing a buck or two in because you never know; he could end up with fifteen saves. I think it tells you they're not going to get Patances. I think they're out of that running, whatever that price is. I think that's the biggest takeaway from this. Uh, Taylor Rogers was the closer, you know, for the bulk of last year. Trevor May's pretty good arm in that. In that bullpen, I think it's always good to have a veteran who's, you know, Sergio Romo has blown a lot of big saves in his career, but he's also saved a lot of big games. So I think whenever you bring in somebody, you always say it best, you know, relievers are year to year. You can have a guy who's a great year. Next year is terrible and vice versa. I think you look at that with Sergio Romo and you go, all right, you know, at least this guy is closing experience. If there's an injury, if somebody just really falls apart and Rogers might, because Rogers is not one of these guys that really puts guys away. I think you can look at Sergio Romo and say, hey, you know what? Let's go in there and look, he saved 20 games last year. If I told you he saved 20 games this year, would it shock you? Yeah, Absolutely you take, not. Yeah, you would take it. I think that it, probably his over-under is probably less than that now going to Minnesota, not having the ninth in Miami. But I would say, you know, 14 and a half would probably be the number I would set for saves for him this year. Uh, somebody before the season last year told me if the Astros made Wade Miley into a thing, they give up. That's what some baseball person told me because Wade Miley, of course, <laughs> I mean, look, I mean, that guy was... I know he had a good year in Milwaukee. Oh, I'm with you. Uh, here, here's the Wade Miley thing. You ready? This is, you know, the cycle where you see the cycle of, uh, you know, the Antonio Brown cycle and all the other cycles. The right. Wade Miley cycle. He's terrible. He's awful. He's terrible. He has one really good start. You pick him up. He has another good start on your bench. You start him the next week. He sucks. He sucks again. You drop him to the waiver wire. He sucks. He sucks. And then it goes all around again. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, he signed with the Reds. Um you know they they need they need uh, innings, okay? Because again, they have a lot. They have a lot of <laughs> I know, young kids. I know. But uh, I'm not going to have any interest in this at all. I mean, good good for the Reds that they show their their commitment to winning and spending money on their team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but I don't want Astros leftovers, man. The I, Reds I just, smell blood in that division, don't you think, Craig? With Pittsburgh and with the Cubs, kind of in a weird yeah, place. Of course they do, but they, but they I don't think they have enough to win it. They have enough to win. I mean, I think there's the points bet had the numbers out. I think that they were like in the 70s. Their win total 78, 77. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, if they hang on to Castillo and 
And they, well, I'm just saying, I'm gonna think of the things that happened for them to compete. <laughs> Mustakas and Suarez have big years. Senzel and Winker finally develop into the players they think they could be. You could see them competing because Stranger yeah, Things. No, 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 for sure. It's just I'm, saying, I'm trying to think of last year. Yeah, no, no, the thing, that, the thing that has to happen next year is very simple: is that their number two starter needs to be an ace, and it's Trevor Bauer. He, Trevor Bauer has to right. be fantastic, and he can be. And he can be, and he, and can, he also can also be Trevor be Bauer with the Reds last year, you know, who was, who was brutal. Here's a, here's a quick note on Wade Miley to close the close the book out on him. This is that classic thing that the noob fantasy player will do, which is they'll look at last year and they'll go, oh, he had an ERA under four in the American League, and he won 14 games. Oh, oh well, he'll, he'll be a good pitcher for me. No, he won't. No, he won't. Those are not the stats that you want to take away, and those stats that you're looking at to try to convince yourself of Wade Miley are the stats that are going to burn you because he is not going to win 14 games probably for the Reds. It's a very different team, very different offense, very different situation. He's going from one of the best teams, if not the best team in baseball, to a team that's still kind of retooling, and that's a big difference and a very home-run-friendly ballpark, too. So be very careful of Wade Miley. I would avoid him, I agree. The Astros, by the way, did sign Joe Smith to a two-year deal. That's somebody I wanted Miami to get. I thought he'd be good. But but speaking of the Astros, really interesting, Joe, how – they are not really doing a lot. <laughs> they're, no. I mean, they're kind of just. I feel like they're in purgatory here, waiting for their uh, sanctions to come down. They on are. Else. It's got to be because I mean, you think about the pitching that's been removed from that team going back a couple of years. Keuchel, Morton. Now, look, say what you want about Miley; he was good for Houston, you know. So, I mean, that's three starters over two years gone, and then of course the best of all in Garrett Cole. I mean, so that's four fifths of a rotation gone, and you would think that Houston would jump back in and. We'd be hearing a name, you know, like 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 the guy you mentioned, Lynn Bloom, like some name. Oh, the Astros are going to fix this guy and make him into Garrett Cole or make him into Charlie Moore. They haven't done it. I don't think they can. I think they got to wait. But Joe Smith, I thought, was a you know good signing for them. Joe Smith had a good career. I remember when he came up Great with the career. Mets. I yeah. was like, you know, this kid's really good. He shows up in good spots. He's a smart kid, smart pitcher. You know, it doesn't have the devastating stuff. But in terms of a guy who knows how to pitch and get out of jams and all that stuff, he's a true relief pitcher in that sense, almost like a throwback to the days of, you know, you'd say like the Roger McDowell's of the world and guys who, you know, maybe didn't have the you know 98 mile an hour fastball, but they knew how to get outs. And I look at those kind of guys and, and Smith has been there. He's bounced around forever. <laughs> all these different teams, all these different spots. He had a good run with the Indians, but yeah, good for them. I, I think the Astros are looking for Uquiti. They're looking for Forrest Whitley, maybe Josh James below. I That's agree a lot with you. to ask with the three. I mean, they, well, they I'm just I think saying, they I think they're looking for one to two of those. And I think Josh James is better suited to the bullpen. Who the personally. heck else is going to start for them? I don't know, man, unless they get a pitcher in the Carlos Correa deal, which I think is I think that's the most likely thing. I really do. Okay. I think I think they're going to look for somebody else that they can pluck away and say, we can turn that guy into gold because we're the Astros and he's good, but we can make him great. And if we get a shortstop back too at the same time or just move Bregman around or whatever we end up doing, they have such flexibility with Bregman that they can really just go after the pitcher and then figure out third base. They really can. Yeah, they um you know, their starters won two or as good as any team. But they have very rarely over the last five years gone into at least January where I can't tell you who I think you're right. They're waiting down on three. Well, look, four, you keep five. forgetting about McCullers, too. I think they have. Oh, and I, I don't think you should you count on count, it. I don't think you can count on that. I don't think you can count on it, but I think they are. I think for better oh, yeah, or worse, he's going to be are. starting for them. But, you know, I mean, how many innings, Joe? One hundred eighteen starts like that. That's it's not going to be more than that one. coming off. Of I think huh? they're looking at. 130. I think that's what they have their idea on. That's a high number for a Tommy John guy. I'm not saying it's not a high number, but I'm saying if you ask me what I think they have their sights on it, 
I think they, they're going to have to get somebody else that can throw 150. Because then, by the way, you're counting on, and again, it's a fair count on, but you're counting on 200 from Verlander and Granke. There's nothing to state that that wouldn't happen, but what if? Like They have to be prepared. And the other part of that, in the trade with Granke, they traded uh, their second-round pick, Corbin Martin, uh, from Texas A&M, who I think is going to be a star, traded him to Arizona. Uh, their first-round pick, J.B. Bukowskis, a couple years ago, he could mm-hmm. be in their rotation this year from North Carolina, traded both of those guys away. They uh, Actually, they have a couple of other guys, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, i got to look this up because they have a couple of other guys that they told me about last year that um, there was one sleeper that could be in the rotation. i got to look into that a little well, bit. Well, look, more. here's who's left on the free agent market, who, I mean, I don't know if you can count on Hyunjin Ryu for innings, but certainly he was very good last year on there uh you know who i think would be a great fit for them if they do believe that they can turn everybody into gold is julio Tehran. because julio Tehran has these moments where you go he's pretty good these are the moments where you go man what happened to him and that's kind of been the story of his career and he's 29 which is kind of the same age that you've gotten some of these other guys to come in there and and start to turn things around Tehran to me would be a fascinating one i mean look they even got a good run out of aaron sanchez last year for god's sakes at a certain point but there's a guy that i think fits what they would want to do and you talk about innings oh. and the need the one thing about Tehran you could say is that dude shows up every year and gives you 180 innings he's yeah, giving you 30 the guy spots. who's gonna the guy who is gonna be in their rotation um this will be a good sleeper for you joe is okay. brandon brandon belock b-i-e-l-a-k mm-hmm. that's yep. the guy that that's the guy he will be in their rotation he'll be their fifth starter he was close last year and i think that he moved even though in the prospect rankings i don't know that you would have him. I mean, some some people. Do well, we do a hundred of them. I have to pull him up where he is in the book. But yeah, B Lock will be. Uh, B Lock, I would say, will make fifteen starts, big league starts for the uh, Houston Astros this season. That's the guy that I want you to. Uh, but if you want innings, you get Tehran as your three. You move McCullers to four. Then you can play around with B Lock at five, or you can play around with you know Forrest Whitley or or whoever else. You take a lot of pressure off the innings. I don't think James is a starter. I, I'm with you, dude. I, I'm, I'm with you 100% on that. And I think he's going to be a hell of a, like, a hell of a reliever. Like, he could be an elite closer. I think he's that good, Maybe. potentially. Yeah, he lives 10 minutes from All right, we got to take a quick time out on Fantasy Sports today. Don't go away. Plenty more fantasy discussion when we come back, including it's time for Florida Man. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. And now it's time on Fantasy Sports Today to see what's going on in the Sunshine State with Florida Man. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. It's our rite of passage here every Tuesday as we dive into... Some of the best stories in Florida, man. And by the way, coming up, uh, Joe and I will have our year in fantasy review. And as part of that, we will have the best of the year in Florida, man, on this show. Looking forward to doing that. I saw 
couple nice pieces of the uh, of the craziest Florida man stories. I want to make sure I include that, but we'll have that coming up next week or the week after. Uh, but let's get started here. These are the stories that happen in Florida, only Florida, and involve a Florida man. Story number one. A Florida man's repeated failure to quench his thirst, Joe, with a stolen bottle of Pepsi has gone viral after investigators released surveillance video showing his persistence. Polk County office posted footage of a man inside a Sitco gas station showing him grabbing a bottle of Pepsi of a shelf near the door. The man could be seen trying to leave the store without paying for the bottle. Cashier noticed, pushed a button that remotely locked the door. The man then trying to escape with the soda bottle threw his body against the door. When that failed, he picked up a fire extinguisher, slammed it against the door. Nothing he tried would work. <laughs> Sheriff's office quoted by saying he huffed and he puffed, but he could not blow that door down. Deputies say eventually they unlocked the door. They thought he would uh, cause further damage over a silly Pepsi, but they did find him two blocks away from the gas station enjoying the beverage arrested for uh, charged with grand theft of a fire extinguisher. And then, of course, smaller theft, $1,500 bond, Joe, for a man just trying to steal a Pepsi, a thirsty man. Yeah, you paid a lot more money for that Pepsi. Should just paid the 99 cents or whatever it is just to, you know, I, if I was Pepsi, I'm making this a holiday commercial. You know, the guy who just can't, he just must have the Pepsi. I want it. I need it. I have no money, but I need the Pepsi. And at the end, when the cops come over to him, two blocks away and he's sitting there on the corner and he's finishing the Pepsi and they say, was it worth it? And he says, ah, yeah, every, it was worth every, it. Every taste, <laughs> every <laughs> drop. <laughs> By the way, I don't, you know should be working this. for your marketing. You should go. I know, marketing. man, I'm a marketing genius. That's how I became Mr. Black book in the first place. Did you see Pepsi has a new product coming out on the market next year? I did see that this morning on the news. I, I did not Joe. No. Ah, it is Pepsi with twice the amount of caffeine. It's a coffee soda flavored Pepsi. Ooh, so it's a coffee cola. We well, here's the only uh, thing I'll say to that. This is now you are from Brooklyn originally, correct? Am I am I, I correct in saying that? Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, how long were, did you grow up there before you Six moved years. somewhere? Okay, so you were you were really little. So you probably don't. I don't know if you remember this. I don't know if this is a thing in your neighborhood, but it was a very big thing in my neighborhood at the block parties. And I actually just had one. Over the holidays, my parents brought me some Manhattan special. No, Manhattan special. It's a it's 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 not a sex act. I know it sounds like it, but it's not. It's actually a coffee soda. It's an espresso coffee soda. And it's only it's made in Brooklyn with Brooklyn water. That's why it tastes so damn good. And it I like to call it liquid gold. It is delicious. It's fantastic. And we need that little pick me up on a Sunday night after doing TV in the morning. And you need a little uh, buzz to get you through the Sunday night game. Boom. You pop one of those. So I'm cautiously optimistic about this Pepsi with the extra caffeine. It might be good. Okay. Because I don't, I don't like to have the, the hot coffee at night. I'm not a big fan of that. But sometimes you need that little buzz. And I don't want to do those energy drinks. But uh, yeah, that's I what know. I that's what I do. Yeah. You do those energy drink things. That's bad it's stuff for you. Red sugar. Bull. Yeah. Red Bull. Mm -hmm. You do the yeah. sugar free Red Bull, I assume. Because no. you're like a healthy guy. Oh, no. Wow. no. I'll, I'll do probably how many Red Bulls a week will I have? I'm trying to think. I'll probably have three red bulls a week sounds about right like i'll have one on a monday then i won't on a tuesday and then i will on a wednesday i won't on a thursday you know like i i space it out but right. yeah I'll, I'll have i'll never i don't think i'll have five in a week but like i'll have three maybe four over a seven day period Are you a and coffee drinker in the morning too mm-hmm yeah see i just have my one cup of coffee a day if i have a second cup of coffee in the afternoon you know that like you know, stay away from me like that. <laughs> that's, yeah. a, that's a bad seat. Bad kind of day. 
All right, uh, story number two. This is in Hudson, Florida. Admittedly, don't know where Hudson is. Never heard of it, never seen it. Okay, so this is a new one for me. A man in Pasco County is facing charges for having a gun illegally after he shot himself in the leg while playing cowboy, according to the sheriff's <laughs> office. Matt, a 36-year-old man, was arrested after deputies visited him in the hospital. He was being treated for the gunshot wound. He told deputies he was shot while in the woods by an unknown person, according to the arrest report. The deputies say uh, the exit and entrance wound uh, in the leg didn't match the story. So eventually he told deputies he did lie because he wasn't supposed to have the gun. He said he was playing cowboy with a 22-year-old revolver, 22-caliber uh, revolver, excuse me, when it accidentally went off. Uh, he was arrested for being a felon in possession of a firearm taken to Lando Lakes Detention Center without incident. So, uh, Lando Lakes Detention Center, is that where they make the butter? Yes, that's correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's actually correct, yeah. <laughs> in the detention center? Is that what those guys In do? the detention center. Yeah, you, you go to jail, you're going to go away for a long time, kid. You're going to make butter for the rest of your life for the next 25 years. Yeah. Uh, 25 the, years. Well, how about this? On the subject of butter. <laughs> After uh, here's story number three. Wait, wait a minute. I don't even know if I digested this one. Oh, wait yeah. a minute. Wait a minute. What yeah, is this what is, is playing this is cowboy? The one to stay away from this is the what one. about now, playing let, cowboy by your like is he by himself? Did he have friends playing there was, cowboy? There was no explanation of this. Uh, by the way, uh, our show here and and I got the email the other day from Mike Cardano is PG thirteen. So I want to make sure that when I read these stories, you guys understand that I'm keeping them PG thirteen. I'm not. Going I don't think that email radio. was directed at you. I just want to. I I know no. it wasn't directed. I don't I don't think so. I don't think well, you I follow the, the rules. Envelope. I follow the rules. I That's do. Right. I'm a rule follower. Or okay. people die. Yeah. So here's here's story number three, which is definitely on the on the verge of PG thirteen, maybe even worse. After <laughs> after his this is in Winter Haven, Florida. After his photo circulated online, Florida man accused of uh helping himself in the toy section of a Walmart. Why are guys always doing this in a Walmart? I don't get it. 19-year-old, I'm reading this guy's name, Elias Allen Arturo Floor turned himself to Winter Haven Police Department Saturday night after investigators shared his photo and asked the community to help identify this man. He committed a lewd act in front of a 12-year-old boy while at a Walmart uh, in Winter Haven. According to police, he was uh, hanging around a woman. She was looking at items on the shelves. The boy, who was standing beside the cart, told his mother what happened, but the man took off. And she couldn't spot him. Police said that they captured the video and found the man. Winter Haven police said this situation is absolutely sickening. I applaud the child's bravery to speak up and give details that gave information. We could get it to the media that assisted us with the arrest of the subject. And uh, he was arrested and charged with battery. But the uh, I know that this is like, you know, kind of comedic in a way. But why are these guys going to Walmart? Like you have your own house. Like I, I, I'm just not understanding this at all, man. Like, this yeah, but Walmart's got all that stuff. Got all the, you know, it's got all those sales. So sales, you know, the rollbacks really get some guys going. But uh, I would say this is the opposite of the Pepsi thing. I would not turn this into a commercial. I would not turn this oh, into thank an you ad. For, thank you for, thank you. For just that. want to make sure that you understand that if you bring this ad to my agency, I'm going to say, no, I'm going to turn you away. Whereas the Pepsi one, the guy trying to break out, he's, he's like, I got to have this Pepsi. I need it. I need it. Um, now, this is not what Walmart wants uh, around the holidays, especially. It's just terrible. And you know what? It's horrible for the kid, but good for the kid that he said, hey, that's wrong. You're wrong. Stranger danger. Damn it. But uh, yeah, Walmart is a weird place. Have I mean, you know, you're in Florida. You you I assume 
hit up the Walmart, whether you like it or not, once in a while, correct? Uh, yeah, they're, they're actually when, um, okay, so there's a few Walmarts. There's there's one that is semi-close to my house, which we, I don't really go that often. Uh, but then there is one near my kid's school. And so what I'll do is I kind of, uh, like, I'll look around the house. Like, and if we, uh, before I leave, because I'm usually the pickup person for school. And right. if I notice that there's something that we really need, but I don't want to either take my son and daughter to shop and I can knock it out beforehand, what I'll do is I'll, you know, leave 10 minutes early, go to Walmart, get it, then go pick them up. So this way I know I don't have to go back out later or my wife doesn't have to go back out later. That's kind of the way that I go there. Uh, yeah. What do I buy there? It would be a toy maybe because there's no Toys R Us anymore. So it'd be like a toy for my son who's really not. The real bummer, isn't it? Around the holidays, there's no Toys R Us. I used to go and bang this out the all the year for that. Yeah, yeah. I was actually last year up here. We didn't have one last year either. They shut down. Oh, they uh, got rid of ours in um in May. Yeah, yeah. It just you know, it sucks, man. I mean, no toy store for kids. What's the world coming to? Yeah, we can't figure out a way to get some kids some toys for God's well, sake. Well, I well, I will say this about that. Look, I agree with you. It is kind of sad. I can't say that I really miss it all that much. It is different now, not having it. But the frustration that I have with the shopping, and I'm not a complainer, but when it comes to the shopping, and I've noticed this, Joe, I'm finding myself in stores, whether it's the uh, Apple store that I went to last week, and they did a good job and, and took care of us, but the Apple store or a Walmart or a Target or anywhere else or Best Buy, I find myself online and annoyed and thinking, you know what? I don't have to be here. I, I could probably no, have done really? it from my house and I could have it and I don't have to sit online and wait for somebody to shop and Time or, of or day is everything somebody, with those places. Time of day is everything. Yeah, that's 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 a good point. You know, you go but at like, ten o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday at one of these spots. You go in, you go out. The whole store is to yourself. You go on a Saturday at, at two o'clock. Forget yeah. it. You want to kill yourself. That's yeah. The my son wanted the Xbox. You know, so I, I mm -hmm. went to Best Buy. Like the, I'm trying to ask the guy. There's no one there to really answer the questions. It's like. You know, I recommend the specialty stores for things like if you're getting video games, just go to GameStop because GameStop is the easier place to go do all that. If you need, uh, you know, the books, you go right to the Barnes and Noble. You don't go like to the the mega stores trying to get everything. It seems like it's going to be easier, but you're better off getting in and out of your car and driving to three different places than waiting online for you're an probably hour. right. You're probably right. That's where it goes. I try to do all my holiday shopping before Thanksgiving. And then after Thanksgiving, it's like odds and ends for like, you know, the stocking stuffers or this or that. Like I try to get everything done. That way I'm not annoyed around like December. Life. No stores. Joe P's a PS. That's right. Only you could help me in fantasy. That, that That's what I really need. Hey, you're in the championship, aren't you? I am in the championship. You only played what? Three leagues this year, didn't you? Uh, I played in the Raz Bowl. I was horrible. I played in um, a contract league that uh, I was horrible. I played in the guillotine league that went okay. Uh, my home league, uh, I finished seven and six with Lamar Jackson and Sanders, but our stupid rules did not have me advancing. So right. I got out in a tiebreaker. And then in the Phillies league, yeah, we're in the championship. How would you have done this week in that league? But I'm just curious, like, did you have a lot of good players in that we league? Would've, I would have gotten to the championship uh, mm -hmm. in, in the seven and six league. But I would have I would have Godwin. I'd be done. This is, um, you know, next year in the football black book, the the, you know, I used to do like a little missive in the beginning. One year it was about, you know, everybody should really consider doing super flex. It's a better way to utilize things. It's a better way to utilize a talent pool. It changes around, gives you, you know, saves you from injuries, ruining seasons at the running back position, which happens a lot. This year, it's all going to be about all play and going to all play schedules where everybody plays everybody every week. It's a much more fair format. It's and like then Roto. you really. 
well, it's not like Roto because you're not chasing categories. So it's all play. It's still head to head. You still set your oh, lineup. See, you play see. every week. It's not like Roto. I play Roto football too with IDP in the less. So there's like sacks and forced fumbles and all that stuff too. Gotcha. But to do all play really does reward the best of the best. We did it in my baseball league the last couple of years, and we have a 16-team head-to-head points baseball league. And the last two years, the top four scoring teams or best record teams all made it to the last four teams. And through the playoffs, which are also two rounds of playoffs, two weeks, because baseball, you know, in baseball, you don't want that one guy who's lined up great one week, just happened to steamroll you because he's got like three guys going twice. That's not really helpful in the playoffs. So you extend it over two weeks. And I'll tell you, we are rewarding the best teams because I thought the four best teams were at the final four and I thought the best two teams were in the final. So Chris Meany and I were on the outside looking in, but we almost got to the finals. He and him, we were in the top four, but all play, all play football. Stop complaining about being uh, the second highest scoring team and losing. All play. Yep. So easy. All right. Well, how did we go from Florida man to this? I'm not sure, but what we'll know. do is we will wrap up uh, the best of the first hour coming up next. And then hour number two of fantasy sports today in just a few minutes. Don't go away. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we wrap up the first hour of the show, here's what you missed. Now Seattle looks like they're going to be down another wide receiver. So we'll see what happens here, but it's going to be a fun playoff race because I do believe these NFC teams are very close. And I agree with you a hundred percent that Baltimore is the class of the NFL right now. And I think the only team, or should I say the team that has the best chance of beating them is actually the chiefs because Mahomes can make magical things happen. He is such an incredible talent. And I think if you get into a score fest with him, he has a puncher's chance. Super Bowl also wacky things happen. You don't necessarily know. But yeah, I do think um, I, I, I feel like the Saints season is going to play out like the way that the last two have where we'll be in a game. It'll there be two minutes. There'll be two minutes left. The score will be tied you know, like it always is. And then something happens and we'll and it'll either be good or it'll be bad for the Saints. But they don't you know, they don't really put a lot of teams away if they're always like in all these games because their defense hasn't played great. They give up big plays more. Than, that's you know, it's funny. You look at the way it happens too. it's always big plays. And that's been the thing. It was that game against the Rams, even in the regular season last year, which was a really fun game. But big play after big play. And every time, you know, the Saints would come back and answer. They give up another big play, and you just can't do that. You just can't. It just they takes not, the air they out of the didn't play well against Carolina a couple of weeks ago. They gave no. 31 points to them, and that was you know, with with Kyle Allen not playing well. They still gave up a ton of points. So Some team is going to get hot here. <laughs> well, I mean, who, I don't, yeah, no, maybe I don't know who so. it is, but somebody's going to get hot. Maybe it is the Saints. We'll find out. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> 